This is Interface, a podcast from SWGFL, one-third of the UK Safer Internet Centre. Welcome. It's great to have you with us. With you for this episode, it's me, Princess Lawal, and I'm here with online safety consultant, Gareth Court. Hey, Gareth. Hi, everyone. Hi, Princess. How are you? I'm good. This time, we're talking all about Safer Internet Day with the CEO of Childnet International, one of SWGFL's partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre, Will Gardner, an OBE. Now, of course, you could be listening to this episode at any time of the year, but we are recording this immediately after Safer Internet Day 2024. If you're not familiar with Safer Internet Day, it's a one-day campaign held in the second Tuesday in February, so the second week of the second month, and actually celebrated all around the world in over 170 countries. And it's a chance for everyone, be you child or adult or organisation or law enforcement or government or anyone to think about what you can do to make the internet a better and safer place for everyone moving forward. And in fact, Princess, you've been involved in Safer Internet Day in the past, haven't you? So you've been, I think you were involved in an event last year and you are indeed the face of our campaign film for Safer Internet Day 2024 this year. Yes, I am. It's such an honour to be a part of Safer Internet Day and honestly, it's so much fun to be working with the young people and children learning about how to be safer online. So this is a great chat, not only about the day itself, but also about the aims and the ambitions of both Childnet and, of course, you know, also SWGFL. So let's get into it. We all got started with a look back on the performance of Safer Internet Day 2024. We saw a great response from schools across the country, but also lots of other organisations. There was a lot of noise and that is vital that it happens, the noise to, to noise to stimulate conversations. All I know is that we were, well, Safer Internet Day was trending on Twitter and was, was even out-trending Drake at some point because there was some news about Drake on that day as well. So that, that was a, a positive, I guess. Um, I think before we get into all those discussions, and, and it'll be great to hear about the events that took place and, and everyone's experiences and so on, probably need to start at the beginning for anyone who's not sure. What was the theme for this year's Safer Internet Day for 2024? So the theme was anchored around the word change, and it had a number of different meanings. So the, the, the actual title was Inspiring Change, Making a Difference, Managing Influence, and Navigating Change Online. So th- there's lots of different components to it, but it was drawn out of focus group work we did last summer with primary school children, secondary school children, and our, our youth advisory board and digital champions. And in amongst the what they were sharing with us, it, it was... We, we asked them really because we're trying to determine what is the, what are the issues that they want support with? What are the issues which will really mean that Safer Internet Day adds value from their perspective? And the change bit related to, to three different areas, and we greedily tried to put it all into, into one Safer Internet Day theme. And the, the first one is, is making a difference. And this is where Safer Internet Day can be really powerful. And this is about how young people can make a positive difference online. We want to be encouraging that. And we know young people are doing that already in terms of supporting their friends and and looking out for others. And that's absolutely something we want to be encouraging. The second one was managing influence. And the the influence there is, is, is twofold. We're kind of looking at the content the impact, the emotional impact that content can have on you when you're when you're online. And that can be content you see on social media, can be it could be from influencers, could be a range of different things. And um, it can make you feel elated and inspired, and it can make you feel 
down. It can be harmful uh, for you in, in certain extents. We want to talk about that and to, to see what strategies we can develop to try and help young people manage that as a situation. But the second side of the um, the, the influence is about the, the technology itself, which is very sticky. It's hard for young people and for adults to put it down or stop picking it up or engaging with it. And we wanted to try and have conversations around that to try and raise people's literacy around their digital environments, because that will give them a better chance of, of managing in uh, managing technology in a positive way. And the last one was about uh, navigating change. In those conversations last summer, people were talking about Snap AI and ChatGPT, and, and there were concerns around that, excitement and concerns, and we wanted to make sure that that was part of the conversation. So we got to hear from young people's perspectives about that change. The idea of Safe Internet Day, like I've been so blessed to kind of have a um, a part in it, which I really, really love. I've spoken on here before about how when I was at school, there wasn't really anything like this. It was kind of fresh and new and it was kind of recycled material. So to see you guys put a lot of love and effort into Safe Internet Day, going to school, kind of ask what they need and then put it together, it's, you know, it's it's amazing to kind of see that and see their reactions. I'd love to know what's going on now. So what's kind of your favourite thing about Safe Internet Day? Thanks, Princess. There's a lot I could pick out. So if you, if um, there's a, there's a hashtag, hashtag Safer Internet Day, and you can see examples like from within the schools, what are they doing to support the day? And there's schools which have been posting amazing content about what they've been up to in the day. And it, it is really inspiring. And We've got primary schools where young people are, and secondary schools where they're running assemblies for for their peers or for parents, and we've got competitions running. We've got um, posters being put up around schools. We've got conversations about well, what is technology going to look like in twenty years' time, and and then we've got people sitting around talking about well, what about generative AI? What do we think? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What do we need to know as young people in order to keep safe? And and those are exactly the the activities that we are hoping to happen and to see those happen, but happen at scale, is what makes me happy. It's a moment, I think, and it's a it's a moment that we really need to use, a great opportunity to enforce and entrench further moments throughout the course of the year, reinvigorate those conversations that are taking place in schools. You kind of touched on the AI stuff and like it got me thinking how nowadays technology is forever changing. So when you do some of these days and some of these activities, what does the preparation look like? In the, in the summer, so May, June time, we'll run focus groups uh, with young people to try and determine where we think the key issues are and how we build the theme in that way. And then we start developing educational materials. And again, that will return to young people to to test to see whether there's whether there's engagement that's going to work because we we are putting these resources out for others to use and we want to be really confident that those people who can pick those up and take them into class and and to use them when we we do do research and we did research that we launched for Safer Internet Day, and we have research which relates to new tech. So I've got some data that we put out this year about how many young people are using generative AI like. Um, ChatGPT or Snap AI, and we had about 30, 32% of young people say they had. That was captured in October, so I think the numbers would be higher now, and I think all of us should expect that number is just going to go up as these services start to become embedded in our normal interactions. But of those 32% of young people, 
73%, I think, said that they had seen their peers use it positively. And 53 had said they'd seen their peers use it negatively. And that's a really important statistic. But we needed to have those conversations again with young people. So what does that mean? You know, what, what, what do you mean by positive? And what do you mean by negative? And it was really important to get that youth voice in, in there. And then on the day itself, we ran, a, we ran an event and we had a, a, um, a youth panel talking about generative AI. And it's one of my, one of my favorite moments of the day was actually young people not saying anything at all. There was a young person who asked a question to four, four teenagers, who teaches you about using Gen AI? And they all just kind of looked at each other and just shrugged. Like, <laughs> like we do. Like, what, what a stupid question that is. And I thought that was really important for everybody to hear that there is this new tech. It is revolutionary. I don't think even people working in AI know exactly where it's going to be in six months or 12 months' time. And we are needing to support young people in this area with education so they can understand how to use it properly and keep safe. But, but it's difficult to do that because it's still moving very fast. And it's vital that we are rushing alongside young people and listening to them and to how they're using it, what they're worried about, what's good and what's bad. And I hope Safer Internet Day would have been a real spur on that topic. Thanks. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking there are probably people listening to this, teachers listening to this podcast going, yeah, I don't know how to teach Gen AI either. What, yeah. Where do I start? What do I do? Have, have you got any sort of advice or tips for how teachers can, can get on board with this discussion and start having these discussions? Well, there are some resources appearing around generative AI. I know SWGFL have, have produced some resources about um, about that, kind of how what it is and how you use it, which I think is a good building block to start. But I think it's also really important to, to have conversations and to draw from young people about what they're doing and how they're how they're using it if, if i think about what the young people were telling us about you know what they really like about it and young people are really excited about this technology don't get me wrong it's not all negative there is genuine excitement and pe young people said they find it helpful and useful and you can see like in schoolwork research asking questions you might not feel comfortable asking to other people being creative and also just testing it out you know, it's a tool that you can you can relearn how to prompt to get really good answers, and it can create anything: text, images, presentations, music, art. It can do all all manner of of different things that looks exactly like it was created by humans. So it's, that's that's the positive, but at the same time, the worries were were still there. But I'm learning, like. Um, I say like most people, perhaps not, perhaps I'm a bit behind most people, but I'm definitely still learning as, as to how you can get the most out of this technology. And it keeps, keeps moving on. It's, it's an interesting one though, because some schools that I've talked to recently, I don't know if you found this will have had to completely change the way that they approach things like homework and learning because of things like chat GPT, where before you, you give, you give some secondary school students a homework task to go away and write a thousand words on whatever some history topic and of course they go home and they'd use chat gpt to do the majority of the work for them so schools have had to flip things around and now they've, they've kind of had to go down this line of saying well actually rather than doing the essay at home for the homework you go and do the research at home for the topic and then the next lesson you come back in you're going to write the essay here in the lesson where obviously we can keep an eye on how you're doing it and and so they've just had to flip the entire approach which in some ways i think is uh it's quite quite refreshing, but hasn't really come necessarily out of teachers wanting to be innovative in, in changing things around. It's more been forced by the technology itself. I, I, I don't know if you've seen anything similar, Will. No, I I, um, I find that's really I find it really interesting, and I do think the 
the floor is kind of a bit unstable at the moment as to as to what how we operate going going forward and and I think we all need to be sharing different strategies as to what what works and and what doesn't so no I haven't got any anything to to share from from on the ground but I do see it's a real challenge for educators and you do hear some um, people express concerns about how it might impact on creativity and thinking and planning and other things. I would generally normally normally have faith in the creativity and thinking power of of children and young people in this space in in any case. But, you know, I have heard that expressed. I don't know. Maybe you could probably enlighten me on this. If in recent years, more children are actually concerned about their peers and about what's going on online because we've seen the severities of it now and like how it's kind of endless. No, we do do see that. And we did capture some data research around some of that. You know, when I was talking about the, the theme of making a difference, how young people can make a difference and and look up. So we've got we got some data. So we've got of this is from eight to seventeen year olds, seventy-seven percent of them said they had stood up for a friend online if they saw someone saying something mean or negative to them, like actively doing something, like extending that friendship that you have offline, absolutely doing that online. And we've got sixty percent of young people doing that once once a month. We've got over half who've changed a profile picture or added a filter in support um, of a particular cause or in support of a, a group that have been targeted online, which I think is wonderful. And they've got 64% of 15-year-olds doing that. We've got 41% signed an online petition. So I think there's, there, is real, there is real optimism. You know, young people are doing what we, we would want them to do, but I think they need to be acknowledged as actors within this space. Sometimes when we talk about online safety, it's quite easy to think of young people as passive recipients of risk and harm. When they are active agents in amongst and managing risk and harm all the time. And they are they're also looking after their friends and peer groups in that. Clearly there's a there is a negative side. And we do see that peer-to-peer online bullying and online sexual harassment and and other other behaviors like you have offline and but online gives it a different characteristic and um the, there is data on that and we captured data on that uh, over over a number of years and that needs to be in our mind but i think also recognize the positive that young people are doing to support their friends online so yeah i think i think that's just a good moment to ask you princess about your own use of technology have have you ever struggled to manage it or, or what kind of tricks and and tools and tips do you have for sort of managing your use of it a hundred percent. I've definitely struggled with like the endless scrolling and it's really strange because within I guess like the young young people community, it's something that we all talk about. It's like it's kind of almost like an addiction because you can't even if you don't want to be scrolling, you kind of just are. So I have implemented sometimes like downtime, I have like a downtime where it you limit the um the amount of time you're on an app. Some of the apps I've just completely deleted just because for my own well-being, I think sometimes, like you said, as young people, sometimes people think, you know, maybe they're not that capable of kind of coming up with their own tools and things like that. But especially in the um, age that we're in, especially prioritising mental health, you know, sometimes we do actually discuss, like some of my friends know that I don't have certain apps because it just wasn't doing me any good. It was something that, you know... I just couldn't hack and some people can and some people can't so I think a lot of people are able to kind of differentiate that but also again it's also really strange to think that normally when you have a child you kind of 
prepare them for the real life society, real life world. You teach them manage, she's allowed to cross the street. You teach them just kind of like society norms. Do you know what I mean? And now it's kind of like we have an online society and there's not, we haven't, we're still mastering what we do there, which is why I think it's really like a weird techie place because the same problems like you've kind of touched on, same problem that a young person might have, an adult might have as well. So it's kind of like we're in this new space where we kind of have to learn the rules and regulations, which is so strange to think about that, that we're kind of in this time where we're setting, like you said, bringing in new rules and new um, legislations. That's the time that we're in, which I think is is nervous, but it's also cool and exciting to go down in history, I guess. I think it's really interesting if we've got a shared problem between generations, to how it expresses itself the same. We're all struggling with the tech and how much we're using, using it. It might be using it for different reasons or for, uh, for but, but still, it's, it's still difficult. So it's a shared problem. And what a brilliant way to get an intergenerational conversation happening about how we can, we can manage that. We did a very nice um, video last year of primary school children talking on uh, a couple of online safety topics. It was designed really to be a resource for parents and carers because I'm a firm believer in the power of young people's voice. And I also believe that no adult has any defense against the voice of a primary school child. I think they just have the power of penetrating. But in, in what young people were talking about, parental controls, it wasn't meant to be the learning point from that exercise. But the young people were, oh, yeah, do you know, I think my parents need parental controls. Um, they are always <laughs> they're always looking at their phones, and you know they say they're doing emails, but they're not. And it was it was it was really interesting to how a young person expressed the other way what often adults are expressing down towards children and young people, just demonstrating that we 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 need to be talking about this. There's something that we can do to hopefully to tackle this together. Totally agree. It it works both ways, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm guilty of that on more than one occasion of saying I'm doing my emails when I'm actually doing something very different on my phone. Yeah. Um, I guess that that brings us quite nicely to to the other point that that I know the research report for Safe Internet Day touched upon too is the introduction of the Online Safety Act in late 2023 here in the UK, and and awareness around that and recognition that obviously industry have a key role to play in in protecting all of us, both child and adult, in terms of our experiences online. Uh, do, you, do you want to give us any insight, well, on on what the report kind of said around that area? Yeah, so we've got, I guess, three things that we really found out from this report. Um, one was the level of awareness of children and young people and parents and carers to the Online Safety Act. Um, and it has been much in, in the news, but we shouldn't assume because it's been in the news that people are aware of it. In fact, so we've got 32% of young people, that's aged eight between 8 and 17, are aware or have heard of the Online Safety Act, and 42% of parents and carers. So that's quite low. I don't think we should measure the success of the act in how many people have heard of it. But I do think there's still things to pass through. There's consultations that the regulator Ofcom are, are putting out to really determine the, the functioning of the act. We know that Ofcom are going to have teeth, but we haven't seen what those teeth look like as yet. So that's a process that's that's happening all the same. But we absolutely need to be raising people's expectations of what what social media providers should be doing. You know, what is what is the the legal provisions that are there? Uh, so, so there's a level of awareness that we need to we need to bring. I think, and we've got you know 57 percent of those of young people we talked to said they wanted to know more about the act. They wanted to know 
they, they thought that was important for them. And we even on our, on our at our Safer Internet Day event, I heard primary school children saying that they wanted to know more about the Online Safety Act, which which I thought was was really really interesting and, and important. But the, the third thing was we've got 67% of young people saying that they think the act is needed because social media companies need stronger regulation to protect young people's safety. So I think that's, it's useful to hear a strong voice of support for the legislation um, that is coming, or at least the objective of the legislation. And I think that's, that's useful for everybody to hear for the regulator, but also for the social media companies too. This is Interface, a podcast for educators about digital and online life from the Southwest Grid for Learning. We'll be back soon with more from ChildNet CEO, Will Gardner. The Interface podcast is all about keeping children, young people and education communities safe, happy and confident in everything relating to technology and online life. And the other thing to know is that SWGFL, the people behind Interface, have a whole host of support, tools and resources. We also have a number of helplines available. One of these is POSH, the Professionals Online Safety Helpline, which is open to any educators and professionals who need support with an online safety issue. Give us a call. Thanks, Jess. And not only that, schools and other organisations can download the Report Harmful Content button to add to their website to support any user over the age of 13 in reporting anything they experience online that they find harmful or worrying. Also, take a look at our 360-degree safe tools. These tools support a comprehensive, whole-school approach to online safety. There's also Project Evolve, an educational toolkit to support digital competency in children and young people. There is a lot available, and it's free. Free is always good, and you're right, Jess, it is a lot. And I appreciate it's a lot for you to take in listening like this. So don't worry if you've been scrabbling around for a pen or you're not sure where the pause or rewind buttons are. You can find all of this information online at swgfl.org.uk and you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at swgfl underscore official. Also, we've put all the links you need in the show notes for the Interface series that you'll find in your podcast player. What else can teachers do now then? Because obviously Safer Internet Day is, is one day out of the year, but there are plenty of other opportunities, hopefully, for them to have these discussions and to uh, impart this education and empower young people to be involved in, in creating a better and safer internet. How can teachers do that for the rest of the year other than SID? You're right. It's it's one day, but it's it's a it's a moment that I think you can almost uh, use in your yearly in your yearly thinking on this. And I think there's a couple of ways you can think about that. One is calendar moments, but also spread it wide. Which are which are the educational moments? Uh, which teachers' voices can you use to talk about this as a topic? You know, the issues that we are talking about are relevant for history, fact checking, critical thinking, whatever, whatever you whatever you want to do it. But at the same time, there's also calendar moments, which I think are useful. And we've we've put on our website uh, uh, two guys. One is to think about how you can spread this issue across the curriculum, what are the different opportunities you might be able to use uh, to, to teach, but also what are the calendar moments? And, you know, you can think about April Fool's Day being a great moment to talk about critical thinking, for example, you know, and there, there are there are other there are other things through the course of the year, um, things which are probably on the school's calendar already, uh, anti-bullying week in November, for example, or thinking about uh, before, before the summer holidays, 
there's a long period of time where young people will be using tech. That's a great moment to talk about it. And also when young people might be transitioning from one school to another, one year to another to, to build that preparation. There's a lot of work in schools in that area already. So I think there's, there's real timely moments that you can use to revisit and, and refresh. But it's it's a constant. I mean, luckily or unluckily, we have the the media who focus on this as a topic all the time, and so there's lots of opportunities to to start conversations which are current around what is happening at the moment in ways which is not. I'm talking about you about your safety. It's did you see that story? And you depersonalize the conversation, and it's a great way to to get young people to suggest strategies well, what, what would be your advice for that person in that situation or what would you do or um and, and i think that provides a, a really interesting way to to tease out good strategies but also for the educators to gauge where the young people are at in relation to some of their knowledge around online safety brilliant thanks well loads of great tips there Will, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We've learned so much um, about the Safe Internet Day and kind of the child net. We appreciate all the work that you do, especially me. <laughs> to see like the young children on those days, honestly, it was so fun to kind of um, interact with them and see what they've learned and hear their opinions. So again, just want to thank you for coming and chatting with us today. Thanks, Princess. Thanks, Gareth. Massive thanks to Will Gardner there for a great chat, especially just a couple of days after Safer Internet Day 2024, when I'm sure he, he'd far rather be doing what we're all doing is, is kind of putting our feet up and, and resting and recuperating a bit and, and also basking in that warm glow of uh, another good job well done. But let's pick up what came through there, shall we, Princess? Let's uh, have a little think about what we were saying. W- what are the things that really stood out to you that you think people should take away from this one? I think that one thing that kind of stood out to me was that hearing that other young people and children kind of cared about the welfare of their peers, which I think is so important because sometimes we kind of just think that young people, children can kind of just be nonchalant to the whole idea of kind of e-safety. But it's nice to see that they do care about not only their well-being, but the well-being of their other like other peers in their in their their groups. That was really reassuring, wasn't it? I yeah. think that was quite a nice a nice feeling to know that young people are sort of really passionate about making sure that other people are okay online and i think as will said obviously in the 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 discussion is that they're not they're not passive vessels that kind of stuff just happens to them online they are active agents that play a part in this and the fact that they are really keen to play a positive part to protect obviously both themselves and others i think is a, a really really big positive i thought it was also really interesting as well wasn't it the whole talk about ai the fact that we're all kind of learning together about AI and it's it's kind of here. It's not like it kind of crept along over a number of period of years where we all kind of got used to it and figured out how to use it and teachers figured out how to educate about it. It just kind of landed out of nowhere for many people and now we're trying to get to grips with it and, and young people are, are trying to do the same as well as us as adults and some of them obviously having quite strong views about it in terms of, you know, their peers using it to to cheat on homework and essays and things or or learning and kind of giving other people an advantage when they shouldn't have it um what did you think about that i just love that they care i think it's really encouraging to see that because you know even when this will carry on which it will at least we understand that they know that there needs to be more um, safety pro- protocols there and things to support and help other young people so it's really encouraging and lovely to see that they care about you know whether people are cheating whether how people are feeling online and also understanding 
that there are things that need to be changed. As much as we all love to scroll, we also know that it's it's not a great thing. And we're trying to actively look for things to help us kind of stay away from that. So it's just lovely to see that they can. It's, it's nice to see that these um, activities and days like Safe Internet Day make that um they bring that awareness and that children are engaging, young people are engaging and they love it and they appreciate it. So it was just really lovely, lovely to hear the, the, the facts and the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Safer Internet Day is so important. It gives you that opportunity to have these discussions, you know, maybe at a time when, particularly if you're a teacher and you're busy doing other things in your class, Safer Internet Day provides that space to to have that chat, to talk about these things, to, to find out what children's experiences are and talk about ways forward as well. And you know what I was really pleased with, actually, is we got all the way through this podcast episode without having one mention of children saying that AI is going to take over the world and destroy everyone. So it's quite nice to to kind of get a sense that the conversation already on AI has moved beyond like the, the Terminator the Skynet stuff. dystopian future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the scary stuff. And actually onto the more practical things yeah. of what AI is doing to our day-to-day lives. So, so I think that's a real positive as well. I guess the other thing as well for me was the fact that it really highlights the importance of everyone's role in this whether you're an educator whether you're a parent or carer whether you work for the internet industry but actually we all have a role in helping protect and support children throughout their childhood so they can have a childhood and of course their childhoods are very different to our childhoods thanks to technology but i think there's still opportunities to be able to enjoy things to be able to learn things but they still do need protecting and they need the skills to help protect themselves and others too so i think all those things come together and that's where you know organizations like ChildNet and the work that we do in the Safer Internet Center are really, really important in helping raising education and awareness, but also developing those digital skills that everyone needs so that they can use the internet positively and safely. So we really hope that this episode of Interface has been useful to you. And thanks so much for being with us. And of course, thanks again to Will Gardner and of course to you as well, Princess. So we've talked a lot about Gen AI in this episode. It's worth saying, Gareth, the last month's episode of Interface was all about AI and education, right? Yeah, and I was gutted I wasn't a part of that one, but Jess and Ailish were, and they had our own SWGFL's Ken Korish on as a guest in the last episode. And he is a real expert on all of this stuff. He really keeps up to date with the latest trends. And he also provided a load of great advice, particularly on what teachers and educators need to understand in this area. It's a really helpful episode, so well worth going back and having a listen. And you'll also find links to brilliant resources all about AI that SWGFL have put together on their website. Well, we've reached the end of another edition of Interface. You'll always find links in the show notes of these episodes to learn more about each topic. Yeah, and so for this episode particularly, that is a link to the Safer Internet Day page on the UK Safer Internet Centre website where you can learn all about the day, access the educational resources, the videos, the advice for different people and learn more about what Safer Internet Day is. And also Will mentioned a couple of really good resources uh, towards the end of our discussion. He mentioned a really handy online safety calendar where you can look for opportunities as a teacher to uh, bring in online safety into other things that you do throughout the school year. And also a really handy guide that ChildNet have put together on how you can embed online safety across your curriculum as well. Please subscribe on your favourite podcast app so episodes are automatically downloaded to your device when they're released. You just need to put the word interface into the toolbar and it will come up. Simple as that. And also, don't forget, please do recommend us to a friend or fellow teacher who you think that would enjoy this podcast. You can find us on social media at SWGFL underscore official on both X, formerly known as Twitter, and of course on Instagram too. Interface is a podcast series from SWGFL, part of the UK Safer Internet Centre. 
is produced by Dave Howard with sound design by Patrick Wallace and original music from Alex Fraser. It's a Bespoken Media production. <laughs>